Hello, everybody. This is the Chocolate News Podcast. I'm your co-host, John Alexander-Reese. Our co-host, Morgan Angelique Owens, is feeling a little under the weather today, but don't worry about that. She'll be back next week to celebrate the one-year anniversary of Herald Beauty. Anyway, if you didn't know, the Cincinnati Herald has been around since 1955 and is the leading African-American-owned newspaper in the greater Cincinnati area and Northern Kentucky area. And today we have with us our digital correspondent, Andrea Carter. How's it going, Andrea? Fine, John, how are you today? I am doing fantastic. It's cold here in Cincinnati, but you know what? I'll deal with it, I'll deal with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm after two weeks of being in warm weather, I am not used to this cold. Yeah, I feel that. Well, in Cincinnati, it was 72 on Christmas day. So I, I should have figured it was all downhill from there. <laughs> oh, see, that, 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 that's unreal. It's just, just unreal. You know, this weather is crazy. It's just so crazy. But, you know, at least we're not in D.C. That's the good thing I can yeah, say. That's, we're not that's, in D.C. That's true. That's true. Uh, so, Andrea, what's the chocolate news of the week? Well, I, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to start out because we have a lot going on this week. So I'm going to start out with fun first and then make my way to history. So fun first is that the Bengals beat Kansas City Chiefs to be clinched the AFC North title. So woohoo, the Bengals. Yeah, We haven't been here in a long time. I think it's been at least, what, six or seven years? Yes, it's it's been a while since we have clinched. And, you know, it's kind of like, Oh my God, they did it. Oh my God. I mean, I was listening to, as I was driving back to Cincinnati, I was listening to the sports, sports talks radio and they were even questioning, you know, should we even call them the bungles now? Do we have to give up that title? You know, um, you know, which, you know, when you have someone nationally saying need to give up that nickname for the bungles, the bungles, you know, you, you know, they're doing something right. Now, whether or not they make it through the playoffs to the Super Bowl, that's another that's another issue. But yeah, I, I yeah. think the fact that we have not been in this space in a while is fantastic. So I'm very, very, very happy. It is exciting because we've been to the playoffs before, you know, with Marvin Lewis. But the thing is, is that we can never win like the first playoff game. Right. So if we can get past that stigma of one and done. And if we can make it to, you know, Super Bowl or almost Super Bowl, then that that means that we no longer have to call them the Bungles. And that also means that we can look forward to a tougher season next year because they're playing so strongly this year. So I think it's, it's an exciting time. They still got to work on their offense. Their defense is fantastic. Joe Burrows is fantastic, but, you know, they still got a little work to do. So next up after the Bengals, you know, unfortunately, speaking of sports, the Bearcats lost to Alabama. Yeah, um, it, I, I was in a meeting where someone accidentally played clips from, I was on, a, I should say I was on a Zoom meeting and someone accidentally, I have parentheses around accidentally, played clips from the Alabama game. Um, you know, basically he's an alumnus from Alabama. So he kept going roll tide, roll tide. So, but you know, even though the Bearcats didn't do what we hoped for, the fact that they even got there is it's in itself a miracle and a wonderful thing. And I'm looking forward to next season for the Bearcats to see what they're going to do. 
and um, see who they're going to play. And, um, you know, I just have to say go Bearcats. Yeah, definitely. I know a couple of players are already going into the NFL draft. I can't remember which. It might have been players or player. I heard of definitely one who's going to um, the NFL draft. But I'm just hoping the Bearcats, you know, keep the streak going. The one thing that I, I, I know some of the commentators during the game, that even though the Bearcats were overly matched because both Alabama and I think they said Alabama and Georgia are like many NFL teams. I think what we need to appreciate is their confidence on the field was high. Even though they were down, they were not out and they made some awesome plays. They got some good hits in. And, you know, I take that as a lesson that, okay, we play the toughest team possible. We see what they can do. How can we be them? And I think if they take that attitude and take it into next season, I, I think we may see even better Bearcats next year. Yeah, definitely. I certainly hope so. I'm looking forward to it. I really am. So, you know, now now we can look forward to basketball and see what they're going to do this year. So, woohoo. Yeah. Um, next up is the, um, before I get to January 6th, I'm going to talk about Cincinnati. Mm. And Cincinnati, you know, era change. Cincinnati swore in yesterday their new city leadership with um, the first Asian-American mayor in the Midwest, Aftab Perval, was sworn in, uh, which is fantastic, along with the nine council members, all whom, uh, except for Greg Landsman, are first time elected to city council, even though um, Liz Keating and Jan Michelle Kearney were appointed to their seats. This is the first time they've ever won an election to city council. So... I think it's it's eight Democrats, one Republican. Um, the mayor is a Democrat. And I mean, I was in city council today. I should say I was in city hall today at their first council meeting, even though it was a short meeting, very quick, very light. You sense the air of change. Walking only in the corridors, there was a sense not of restriction, but of freedom. You can sort of go where you can again. I mean, the security still in place, things are in place, but there was a sense of, oh my God, freedom. Oh my God, this, you know, and everyone was moving into their offices, finding, you know, what they needed, where they were, you know, they still learning their telephone numbers and emails and things like that. But it's a sense of newness. Like we wrote in our story, the city Cincinnati residents wanted change, change in leadership, change in style, change in attitude. And I think probably change in terms of more of Um, with the times of where residents are in terms of what they want, the convenience, you know, the on-demandness, the, you know, the fact that the city is going to become bicycle friendly or more bicycle friendly, more eco-friendly, more this than what has been in the past. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens as these new leaders get started. Um, There, those who are in charge of committees, All the committees will start next week. Those on A week, I should say, will start next week. And then those on B week will will begin the following week. So it's going to be interesting to see how these chairmen, what the the focus will be and how they're going to lead. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, even though they were mentioning they all get along, we'll we'll see how long that lasts. Because, you know, somebody's going to take somebody off and we'll see what happens. And especially Greg Landsman, who just got into, you know, his office, his new office, and he announced he's running against Steve Shabbat. So that was a 
a new thing that happened today as well, I should say. So it's going to be interesting to see how his campaign is going to go. Um, I spoke briefly with Greg, congratulated him, and um, hopefully we can get him on Chocolate News to talk about why this sudden urge to run against Steve Shabbat and see what his um, ability is to beat Steve and um, become their new congressman. Yeah, that was certainly surprising. That really came out of nowhere, but um, it should be interesting to see. Well, I mean, it's kind of hard. Everyone who's running against Steve, you know, once bitten, twice shy. I think they had to find someone who might be willing, who will meet all the needs of the residents, not just in Hamilton County, but I think in Butler County or Warren County. Can't remember all the districts that his that district one covers. But I mean, it, it's kind of like it's very heavily Republican. So who's going to appeal to them? And um, we thought Aftab would. He didn't. We thought um, Kate Schroeder had a good shot. And um, we'll see if um, Greg Landsman can build upon what Aftab and Kate built up over the last four years in terms of speaking with voters, meeting the needs, and see what happens. So definitely. It will be interesting. It will be. Yeah. So the, the final chocolate news is the one that everyone's going to be hearing about. Everyone's going to be talking about on January 6th is the one year anniversary of the insurrection that happened on our U.S. Capitol. Yeah. Um, you know, our democracy remains dented. There's a lot that needs to do to fix it, fix the, in, you know, the impact and things like that. You know, it's kind of sad to see that People still believe, some people still believe the lie that the election was stolen, which was not. Merrick Garland, our, the attorney general, um, spoke today and he said that, look, you know, we have looked it over. All the courts, both local and federal, have looked this over and we have all come to the same conclusion, including all investigation. This was the safest election possible. There was no fraud. It was not stolen. Therefore, that lie needs to stop. And anyone who keeps continues to spout it is just lying to the people. And the people deserve better. And I think that's what you're going to be hearing tomorrow from a number of people who, witnesses who are going to speak, a number of people who are looking over, you know, this whole what has happened this past year. And they're going to say that people need to wake up. Um, the core Trump supporters, they're not going to believe anything. They're just going to believe their guy. But I think the good news is, is that even though Trump is still popular, his lie is not. It's slowly losing that edge. It's losing that appeal because a lot of people, even though they're not saying it publicly, they're saying it privately, he needs to get over it. He needs to move on. We got to get away from this. And I, I think you know, the Republican Party for not coming out against what happened and just saying they just want to move on is doing a disservice because people will continue to believe the conspiracy and not, you know, and not believe that the truth that's staring them in the face, that everyone is saying, but because someone's a Democrat, they're not going to believe it until someone Republican says it. And I think Again, it does a disservice to democracy. It does a disservice to everybody. The impact that a number of people trying to pass stricter voter laws in, in reaction to what happened on January 6th based on the lie is doing disservice to our democracy um, because a certain party wants to remain in power. 
They want to control what people say and do and legislate. And that's not what the that's not what our country was founded on. And I think people need to step up and say enough. And they need to say it through the ballot box. So hopefully, you know, more and more as more come out about the investigation, we will hear, well, maybe the America will develop a different tone. I certainly hope so, because like right now, it's like Trump followers, they complain that um, Democrats and liberals are living in their own bubble, but they don't realize they're living in their own bubble too, which I find, you know, kind of ironic. Well, yeah, because when you only listen to one news entity, who, by the way, perpetuated the lie, you're not getting the right news. So when you hear someone speak differently, they don't believe it. And I, I think that's where objectivity comes in. That's where, um, you know, thinking for yourself comes in. You know, it's kind of sad that Donald Trump has not faced scrutiny yet for his actions on January 6th. But at the same time, I think the January 6th committee is doing their due diligence to, as they release information, who knew what, who knew what when. And I, I think the fact that Sean Hannity is now being, um, his text messages are being presented by the committee, showing that he knew something was going on behind the scenes, even though he was telling the public something else on his, on his TV show. Mm. So he, he's in a hot seat right now. And it's going to be interesting to see if he goes before the committee. He may not go before the committee, but that's okay because his text messages to various people will go before the committee. Right. And, and eventually he's going to have to speak up and say, what did you know? Right. What did you advise? Because as, as in the news industry, ethically, you're not supposed to advise a politician right. per se, or if you do advise them, you need to let the public know that I've spoken with the president about this, and but you know it, it was confidential. But you know, just say I'm aware of this, or I've been aware of this, or you have to let the public know, hey, I'm involved in somehow, and he didn't do that. Well, we'll see how that turns out, and all I gotta say is I hope um, I hope justice is served. That's all I gotta say. Well, I, I think um, Benny Thompson is determined, the chairman of the, the, the January 6th committee, he is determined to get the truth out, that a factual timeline be presented to the public. I think these drips and drabs that are coming out are letting people know, this is what we're hearing. This is what we're getting. You know, they have interviewed over 300 people so far. They have thousands and thousands of documents to go through the, you know, they, they, they are running their investigation. The FBI is running their investigation. And, you know, they have so far convicted 700 people. They have a number of devices and video, and they're still looking for people who bashed um, the Capitol Police in. They're looking for those people. Um, their pictures or photographs are up on their website asking people to come, come forward and identify them. Because you may get away with it now, but eventually you won't. Everyone knows a secret, even though it may be hidden for a while, eventually will come to light. And it's easier now to step forward than not step forward because it might be harsher later on. I don't think anyone ever expected this to be, you know, democracy in um, such a, a tilter right now. 
but, but when you have people who want to hold on to the old ways and not accept the changes in the country because they're fear of the changes in the country, this is what you get. I'm not going to play the race card or any other card, but I'm just going to say that actions of a certain party are scared of the future because yeah. they're not going to be in control. Someone that does not look like them will be in control and they don't want it. I mean, there have been parts of the democracy that have just been shanghai And, you know, thank God the Democrats are in charge right now, trying to hang on to what we got. Yeah. But as Merrick Garland said today, it's not just the responsibility of the government. People have to step up and demand change as well and demand, you know, that our democracy remain. So. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to vote, people. That's that's your power. That's that's what it says in the Constitution. You can vote, Bill of Rights, whatever. It's like people need to vote. I can't stress that enough, especially millennials, Generation Z, whatever generation is going to be after Generation Z, vote. It's your power. You may not like the candidates, but you know what? It's like, you you, got to think of the bigger picture. And that's all I got to say about that. Oh, yeah. I mean... And it's interesting to note that, you know, the fact that African-Americans were able to help put Biden in office and everyone is scared of that power because they're afraid that, you know, they won't benefit from what we believe in. I mean, but if you think about Franklin Delano Roosevelt, he, the reason why he was elected so many times is because he did right by the Black community. And the Black community switched from Republican to Democrat. Mm. And they've remained Democrat ever since because the party works on behalf of them. Sometimes not greatly, but it works on behalf of them. And you got to cater to the to the people who bring it, to the party. And, you know, Republicans would not be in this position and not be doing what they did if they just reached out their hand to equity a little bit, not control it, but reached out their hand and said, okay, we're along for the ride. And they may just come out better if they did instead of fighting it. But you know, when you're different, you're different. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, that's it for today's show. You can find more information about today's topics and past podcast episodes at www.thesensineherald.com, the Sesh newsletter, or on our social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And make sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, YouTube, and TuneIn Radio. And folks, don't forget that Morgan Angelique Owens will be back next week to celebrate the one-year anniversary of Harold Beauty. Oh, and I also want to thank Andrea for coming on today's show and discussing the topics. Thank you so much, Andrea. Oh, thank you, John. It's always a pleasure to come on and talk about what's going on. You just, you know, you never know what's going to happen next. So this is always fun. That's so true. So I'm John Alexander Reese and have a good day. 